tell of all his wondrous works. Tell of all his wonders. No one can fathom. Tell of all his wonders. Remember the wonders he has done. No one can fathom. Wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Happy New Year from Wonderful to Tell. I'm Tracy Conrad. In light of current world events, we want to kick off 2020 with a relevant and timely story shared by Tony Weeder, a Muslim Christian. Tony's message speaks to the very core of who we are as followers of Christ Jesus. Let's listen in as Tony is introduced by Dr. Jason Strampy, one of our hosts for the evening. All right, so this, this is my friend, brother, yes. Tony. Uh, he is originally from Liberia. Correct. And uh, I met him through Advancing Native Missions, right. where he is now he, a regional director and directs missionaries all over the world that are affiliated with ANM in Africa. Correct. And he also has an amazing story of God's faithfulness, how God's brought him through nothing to just the season of fruitful ministry. And so without further ado. Thank you for coming. <laughs> As a Muslim, Islam, I didn't like you because you're a Jew. <laughs> but here we are in the same building, laughing, rejoicing because of Christ. What a joy. Uh, there was a brother from Bangladesh. Uh, he, he come from a Muslim background also. I'll be brief. Uh, I, I want to be very careful what I say to you about Islam uh, because of your country. Uh, and since you will be in this, I don't know who are going to be listening to it. Uh, you know about Islam in this country from your politicians. You know about Islam and Muslims from the books you purchase on Amazon, Walmart, and Barnes and & Noble, and CNN, and... Fox News and all the other places, there where you are educated about Islam. But I want to talk to you about the Islam that I grew up in. I want to explain to you how Jesus Christ, in his love, snatched me out of that. Out of 114 chapters of the Quran, there's not one that says, Allah loves me. And that's the difference. It is a God that when he's angry, he zaps me for doing nothing at all. When he preordains something, I don't do it, he hurts me. The only way I have a chance of ever going to paradise is to hurt others in order to be accepted. Another thing that most people don't understand about Islam, the concept of original sin doesn't exist in this religion. Therefore, Jesus Christ is not a savior because you don't need him if there's the concept of original sin is not there. And the expression of Islam in Bangladesh, in India, in Pakistan, in Egypt, in Nigeria, in Somalia is quite different from the expression of Islam here in America. There's a word called takia uh, in Arabic. Takia means honest deception. And so I can come here, lie to you, and even drink, um, uh, uh, tell Dr. Jason uh, I'm Christian, go to church with him if I uh, want to marry his daughter. When he, if he has a daughter, I can be in that church for five, ten years. Lie. Because 
I want to advance Islam. But I'm also skeptical, will the church accept me? Will the Christians understand me? I think Chuck Swindoll have a beautiful line. He said, uh, the church is like Noah's art. Uh, the smell inside is not good, but it's an unsafe place. <laughs> so, uh, and so that's how the church looked like, uh, croaked, uh, people that you cannot trust. And then the church here in America, at times your faith is so shallow. You are not committed to the gospel. The first sign of trouble, you drop everything and run. Can I trust these people? Can I trust their God? So you are struggling with all of that. Can, do I give everything out? My family, my culture, my history, my very language that I'm supposed to pray in. Should I give that out to follow a religion whose people are not committed to Jesus Christ? So those are the struggle you're going through as a Muslim. And then when you come from a folk Islamic background, that is about 60 to 65% of Islam. The fear of an unknown world, the spirits and what have you. And again, most Christians don't understand their Bible. So I just enjoy when I was a Muslim challenging them because they were not aware, they didn't know the context, Abraham. And that's one thing most people, most Christians don't understand. Abraham of the Quran is quite different from Abraham of the Bible. Jacob is quite different. Jesus of the Quran is quite different from the Jesus of the Bible. The God of, uh, of uh, Isaac, Jacob, is quite different from that of Muhammad. Uh, Muslims and Christians, we don't serve the same God. Uh, but that's how they trick us. Oh, well, it's the same God. No, it's not. So as a young man, these were the things I was going through. Who is Jesus? He cannot be a savior. He cannot be the son of God. Christians serve three gods. That, that's, that's my worldview. That's the concept. That's my perception of Christianity. And then one day, I met a young lady, just like one of you, from Sheraton, Iowa, in Liberia, in the jungle of Liberia. Blue eyes, blonde hair. God have told me, and Allah have told me that women are completely nothing, but God in his redemptive grace prepared a woman to lead me to Christ. And the whole thing was Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God. That the human mind cannot understand. In Islam as well, salam alaikum, alaikum, peace be upon you, the same peace. The search for peace, the hunger, the desire to be filled. You wash your hands five different times. Facing east, searching positional prayer. Your heart is wrong. I don't care where you stand and where you face if it is not in Christ. And when you are praying, when after you wash your body to pray, and if a dog passes before you or lick you, you have to go do it all over. Just imagine that. And the donkey passed before you had to do it all over. And if a woman passed before you had to go do it because she's unclean. And still she makes you unclean. So it's a whole process of life that is still hopeless. But it is in that 
Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God. Don Richardson, who went to Papua New Guinea in his book, Peace Child, until God sent his peace child, brought me and breached the God. Second Corinthians 5, 19, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He has given us the work of reconciliation, of bringing the world to him. Second Timothy 3.12, anyone who wants to be godly will suffer. After I became a Christian, I was excommunicated. Up to now, that was 22, when I was 22 years old. When I go back home, I'm afraid to eat, I'm afraid to drink, I'm afraid to sleep in places I'm not supposed to sleep because anyone killing me will be doing Allah a favor. Who do you turn to? Uh, many times you turn to the Christians and say, we are afraid, we don't, uh, we don't want to be hurt, we don't want to give you shelter because they will burn our places, and rightly so. But then you read Psalm 27, 10, if your father and mother forsake you, the Lord will take you. God's word, I'm telling you, and then the civil war broke out. My wife and I, she wrote a book out of the ashes. We walked for one year. I went from 150 to 85 pounds. You see, brothers and sisters, I spoke recently in the church, someone said, should we pray for persecution? What would you say to them if you were asked that question? Should American Christians be praying for persecution so persecution can come to this country? Come on, talk to me. <laughs> it's not a hard question. You have it already. It's called comfort. That's your persecution. You are so comfortable. It's like a frog in a kettle. You don't know what's going on. That's your persecution. And Islam is taking advantage of that. I always like to quote this philosopher who said that when the church started in Jerusalem, it started as what? A fellowship. It went to Greece, it became what? A philosophy. Left Greece, went to Rome, an institution. Went to England, guess what? Became a culture. When it finally arrived in America, it became a business enterprise. That's the church. So my challenge for you and for myself today is that there will come a time where you will have to give your life for this Bible, for God's word. Are you ready? Boko Haram of Nigeria have me on video. So every time I'm leaving home, I tell my wife goodbye. We have suffered, but that's part of Christianity. That's why God have called us. Oh, anyway, you guys have the time and I have to watch uh, in Africa. <laughs> we'll let you keep the time, we'll keep the watches. <laughs> anyway, so after walking one solid year without food, going to 85 pounds, God revealed himself daily 
hang in there with me. I'm there with you. The prophet Habakkuk, he said, God, you have deceived me. You are inconsistent. You are inactive. God said, I'm doing a great work. If I tell you, you won't believe it. And there where we were, there where I am. Recently, I love telling stories. Recently, I was on the plane flying to Dallas. My kids are in Dallas. And I met a Somali girl. Ask me and I will show you the picture. She's veiled like that. She sat next to me. And when I'm getting on the plane, I say, Lord, please, it's two hours. Give me a sinner just like myself so I can make them miserable for your sake. <laughs> and she gave me this young Somali girl. She won't touch me, and rightly so, because she's all veiled. She's slim. And I greeted her in Arabic. Big smile a little bit, and then warmed. By the time we were done, on a two hours, she invited me to Ohio to speak in her mosque. She wanted for me to go to her wedding, April 27. This is a Muslim. I never told her I was a Christian. We have to find ways to share the gospel with Muslims. And the one thing is love. Who can spell Islam for me? Anyone? Spell Islam. I. I shall love all Muslims. That is Islam. One point eight billion people, they are going to hell if you and I don't do something about it in Jesus' name. So to conclude here, Islam is not a religion of peace. Don't fool yourself. Islam cannot coexist with other religions. Mahmoud, what's the population of Muslims in Bangladesh? Yeah, out of 160 million, 90%. And they are not happy with the 90% until it's 100. In Turkey, it's 96%, and they are not happy until all. So I'm saying this to you not to attack Muslims, but to what? Declare a jihad of love upon them. Because in Islam, this concept of love doesn't exist. A Muslim became a Christian, the son of Hamas. Do you know why? He read in scripture when Jesus said, love your enemies. That's all. If Muslims can see us loving one another, and that's the test Jesus left for the world, right? By this, the world will know you are my what? Because? I tell people about racism. You see, if you have problem with my color, can you imagine in heaven what's going to be happening to you? Because I'm going to be there. <laughs> you know, get used to it. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. Thank you, Amy, for having me. Thank you for coming. In Tony's talk, he mentioned two different things Jesus said to his followers. In the book of John, chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus was talking about the way we, as Christians, should love and care for other believers. And then in Matthew 5, 
Verse 44, Jesus says, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I was unaware that there are 1.8 billion Muslims in the world. My prayer is that God will give me a fresh new outlook toward those who follow Islam. Remembering Tony's acronym for I-S-L-A-M, I shall love all Muslims. After all, I'm not so very different from them. I am a broken sinner who has been saved by grace alone through Christ alone. And it's only because Jesus first loved me that I am now free. My debt is paid and I am loved. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 says it better than I can. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. How can I not hope for everyone to know this kind of love? Tony Weeder, who is from Liberia, serves as the Africa Desk Director with Advancing Native Missions. Tony is also an author whose new book was just released. It's entitled The Reason for Tears, a Memoir. To learn more about Tony and find links to his ministry and book, please visit our website at wonderfultotell.com. Over the past year, we have been very humbled and honored to share so many amazing stories with you, our listeners, and are looking forward to bringing more and more stories to you in this brand new year. So please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about Wonderful to Tell. We are certain they will be encouraged by these wonderful stories. And if you know someone with a wonderful story to tell, send us an email to info at wonderfultotell.com or message us on Instagram. Special thanks to our hosts for the evening, Dr. Jason Strampy and Dr. Amy Brown Strampy. This episode was produced by Michael, Brad, and Tracy Conrad with invaluable support of our crew members, Lindy, Kevin, Katie, Karen, Nancy, Mark, Debbie, Haley, Jeffrey, and John Alfred. Michael Conrad composed our intro, Lindy came up with our name, and Matt, Jeff, and Justin from Fort Worth High Tech Signs created our logo. This has been wonderful to tell. Thanks for listening.